You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, friends, we're on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I am uh, really excited today. We're going to jump right in to a fascinating conversation. My guest is named Rivka, and I met her a few years ago, and uh, she is a survivor of satanic ritual abuse and government projects. Now, a lot of the folks that I've brought on this podcast over the years have been um, ongoing clients of mine. Rivka does not fall into that category. I, I have done a few sessions with her in the past, and uh, years later, she is here to talk about some of the most fascinating things you may have ever heard. Um, Rivka, welcome to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you, Dan. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's an honor to have you, and it's really exciting to know that you're willing to talk about what you've been through, especially considering just how extraordinary some of these things are. But I want to get this conversation started on the journey to waking up. In other words, you didn't always know that you had satanic ritual abuse in your background, certainly didn't know you were an Illuminati bloodline, and you were not aware of the government projects that you had survived. And so I want you to talk to us about the journey. Where did you start asking questions? Why? And what was the process of awakening like? Well, thank you so much um, <clears throat> for asking. This is this is something that is it's interesting. And I was asking questions before I knew I was asking questions. Um, all through my life, there were things that just didn't make sense. There would be an event that happened, and I would say, "Why did that happen? That was weird." And I always felt like I had been sexually abused, but no memory of it. And then in college, I was um, a child development major and learning about different things on how to look at abuse and how to notice if a child had been abused. And I was just going down, tick, 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 tick. And, and I was, and I also was taking psychology classes. So I knew about at the time it was MPD in DID. Now it's DID, but multiple personality disorder. Now it's dissociative identity disorder. And knowing that through trauma, you can have repressed memories or different things. And I just kept going, that doesn't make sense to me, even though I had studied it. And when I would think about how did, how did, how did some of this stuff happen? And it was like everything in my body was screaming or my spirit, my soul, that's not what happened. It wasn't just that at some point, somebody sexually abused me and I just repressed it. And I don't think that was denial. I think it was my body and my parts telling me that isn't what happened. It was way worse than that, you know, but it just took years. And what happened was um, about 14, 15 years ago, I was going through a training course on inner healing and deliverance. And then I was being trained in it. And then we got to the part about uh, learning about satanic ritual abuse. And then I was doing other things about learning about physical healing. And, and then I started reading some books on 
two books on SRA, one was on DID, and I read them and I put them down. And then I read a book on um, the alien phenomenon, like how to abductions, how it starts and how to stop it, you know, and so I read that. And then there were things, it was just, go ahead. I want to ask a question. <laughs> yes. When you, when you're reading these books, because, because everyone has a different journey, like, okay, so you pick up the book on alien abductions. Now, did you know that you were having that problem when you picked up the book or was it just like, I want to read this book? It was, I want to read this book. And mm-hmm. also at the time too, I learned that I don't know, but I was just interested in it. But then when they were talking about things like sleep paralysis and other things, and I went, oh, well, that's me. Like there were just things that that fit. And then it was about two years later, I reread the book on satanic ritual abuse, not the DID book, but the two on satanic ritual abuse. And there was a memory. There are certain memories that I've always had that just didn't make sense. But then there was that, and I went, that's what happened. And, you know, when you go to Italy, there are these tour books. And I don't know if they still have them, but they used to. And on the right side, there would be a picture of the ruin of whatever temple or the Colosseum of what it looks like today. And it doesn't always, depending on how much it's been um, destroyed over the years, some of them, you can't really tell what it's supposed to look like. And then on the left side, there's a transparency of an artist rendering of what's missing and when you just look at that it doesn't really make sense and so my life was like looking at the ruins of all this stuff reading the sra stuff was like the artist rendering it didn't really make sense until i overlapped it and all of a sudden that's the only thing that would make sense as to what happened and so there are certain memories that it just started to place in um i was raised in a a pastor's family um, and then Good. the way that the denomination did things that, that I can, I can, the times when it happened that I know of at the beginning, it was while they had their pastors and wives retreat and they left, they were, they had to keep the children. They weren't a lot, both had to go and they couldn't keep the children, take them with them. And the mom wasn't allowed to stay or the non-pastoral spouse wasn't allowed to be at home with them. So they either had to get family members to do it, or they're expected to give the children to somebody at the church. And so this happened during those times, but I've now since found that there were so many other things and the family generational stuff was involved in. Whether the presenting parts of the parents knew or not, I don't know that. But, um, but just going back, and there were just bits and pieces um, and and any time that I would go into the known memory of it to do it, then all hell would break loose, you know, manifestations, reactions. Um, and then and then it was about f- three or four. Well, and then I was leading a prayer team. And well, it took about two years before the Lord said to start the healing process. So um, so I sat on it. But then there was a day he said, do it now. And I knew exactly where to start. Um, but I was also leading a prayer team at that time for the healing of our nation. And But how appropriate to start, because that's when it, it was like the, um, the perfect storm. 
you know, because there needed to be some sort of catalyst, it seemed, at least in my life, yeah. to really kick that up to actually then be dealing with it. So when you start connecting the dots for us on how they got access to you, which was often during these pastoral retreats, did that information come before or after the catalyst? Um, it came before mm. the catalyst because of the known oh. memories. Okay. There were a couple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're walking this out. There are some known memories. Some dots begin to get connected, but then this catalyst happened. Perfect storm enters your life mm -hmm. and the bandaid comes off. Mm -hmm. Good. Yes. Yep. And for about two and a half, three years, it was, well, and part of it too is breaking out of the mind control. But see, I had already been, I had already been going no contact with the family prior to that. So I was already disconnecting from some of the mind control stuff. And I didn't know I was doing it. I mean, I knew I was disconnecting from the family because of toxicity, but I didn't know that I was disconnecting from the programmers and the handlers. Wow. wow. And so God had already been preparing me because then I went to where there was no contact, but I had kind of already done that for a year prior um, on some stuff. And so, so going no contact, um, having like two and a half, three years of dealing with the mind control and the, the, just the, I don't know how I, how I did the prayer team that I did. I think it was God because there was just like the other things that I was doing. I mean, the, the warfare would be super intense. The ab reactions, the, um, there were days that I was like, I can't leave today because there were days I'm like, they're going to try to kill me if I walk out the door. And then there were days that I'm like, it's okay. I can walk out the door today. I mean, it was just the things that would happen and the attacks and the near misses and almost being killed lots of times. Um, or even just the middle of the night, like hour and a half, two hours of just the ab reactions and praying through, um, actually what was helping, this was like, I was praying through Arthur Burke's Five Levels of Holiness, and you've interviewed him on that. So this is before your interview with him. That's actually how I learned about him for you was through <laughs> that interview. Um, and through that, and I have a teaching on the Fruit of the Holy Spirit Spiritual Warfare, but it was on the covenant of peace. Like I would just sometimes just declare the name in the covenant because, and it would take like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours of just sheer, awful, horrible ab reactions and pain and attack to get through that. And so I did that for about super intense for three years. And then it was still going on for a couple of years after that. Um, but now I have more nightmares during that time, but I've always had nightmares. I'm happy to say that I have less nightmares now than I've ever had in my entire life prior. So the Lord is definitely doing a lot of healing on that. Um, and then it took um, about five years that I was then, I knew about the military stuff prior to that, but I just couldn't quite go there. But then it was about five years into the healing process of the SRA that I started looking into the military stuff. But I lived, I mean, I was, whether I was conceived or not, that's a whole nother story. Um, we'll get there. In, 
in that in that city, but I was in a military city there um, in that place of conception or implantation. And then I lived in for three years in a place of um, it was a military city. And that's basically all that was out there. And major things happened to the family and me during that time. But I also had found that at the age that I was living there, I had received an implantation of a of a quantum locator, which tracks you in space and time, where a geolocator tracks you like where you're going. But the quantum locator tracks you in space and time, which thus we'll get to some of that other stuff later. Um, and so, so let me let me jump in for a second. <laughs> As you see, folks, we, we're about to go. We, we're going to go there, right? And and all the targeted individuals said, "Amen." Here's the problem, right? We are not living in a world where it can be argued. Oh, you have a problem? Let's just cast out a demon and get you set free. It is not that simple. In fact, um, the merger between the spirit world and the world of technology is extraordinary at this point. And Rivka's story is about to help rip the Band-Aid off of some of those facts um, because she's navigated a lot of these things with the Lord. And um, I had a small window of opportunity to be part of the process. But um, let me let me just, before you get there, I want to talk a little bit about layers, right? Because many folks that I've sat down with over the years, they, they experience information in layers. In other words, um, there's the layer of family dysfunction. And even being able to admit, you know, well, my family is dysfunctional. My parent was a narcissist. Um, I was abused in this and that way while growing up. That, that's like one layer of you know revelation then there's another layer which is the satanic ritual abuse layer which, which were the the rituals the barns the, the the outdoor stuff and that's like a whole other layer and then there's a the military layer then there's the alien layer where you're talking about beings and other worlds and off planet stuff hollow earth sometimes it's under the water um, in the, these realms and, and, and it's like memories and access comes in. It's not like all at once. And I, if, if you were to say, look, this is how my layers began to come through and I began to process them. How would you break down the layers as in the order in which they were presented to you? Sure. Um, I knew something, I, I knew something with the family wasn't right. And I even started in college dealing with the trauma and the abuse on that. And I even had a, one of my psych professors I was talking to, and he said, you're like way ahead of this. He said, hmm. usually people don't deal with this family stuff until they're 35 and 40, they're married, they have kids and it's not working. So I was already ahead of the curve um, with that. And so I had spent quite a few years of of going through healing process. And then I was, um, then it was my early, early thirties when I started doing the inner healing deliverance training. And then it was, um, I was around 35 when I read the books the first time or 34. Then I was 38 when I connected the dots. And then I was 40 when God said, do it now, which means mm -hmm. that 
that's kind of textbook people in their 40s and 50s is when they start making the connection to start the healing process if they're going to heal if they get afterwards and a lot of times they don't but but again i was still kind of ahead of the curve because um and so but it was somewhere in my mid-30s that i even learned about the military programming and so i knew that that was there um and part of it is just timing how do you even begin to know where to scratch the surface you know, and this was like eight, 10 years ago. And, um, but since, and even then it was, where do you even find or learn about it? Um, and so first it was, like you said, the healing and recognition of the family, but there was something like I had dated a couple of, well, anyway, it, and it was very, very, very abusive situation. And I finally asked the question, the question, what did he, the dad really do? You know, and so that's when stuff started opening up. When when you're able to ask that question, what really happened in the family? What did they really do? And so that's really where I think that it started to open up. But I had already at that point been doing some of the um, breaking off from being no longer lived in the area. I hadn't been in communication for a little bit, you know, so some of that stuff was breaking that down. Um, and then it was the military. Well, I guess it was the alien, then the military kind of, but it overlapped because they, they do overlap um, because there's so many things that match the alien abductions with the SRA, you know, and the, the military as well. They all kind of overlap. So it took that, but it took a little bit longer to get to the root of the Illuminati bloodlines. Um, I think that was more with, but see, I always knew there were some things that I kind of always knew, you know, like, why do I like, well, I mean, literally the China I picked out in my early twenties, I went through and looked all the China. I loved it. Guess which one I liked and picked out the Rothschild who would pick that out. Right? (laughs) 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 So, I mean, it's still my favorite China plate. You know, what do I do with that? But, you know, but Rothschild was the one. And so there are things like that in life that when you start putting all these things together, it's not a coincidence. Sure. Okay. So you lived in a military city, right? And then they started doing things. And one of the places we're going to go today is age regression missions. So I'm gonna let you open that up now. All right, we got the story about how God, you know, prodded you and said, this is the thing. But then you learned some extraordinary aspects of your life. Um, I mean, and and if you were to, let's just, let's just start this part of the conversation with this. If you were to add up the number of years you've experienced through age regression missions how old do you think you would be today well one of my parts knows at least 114 missions and i don't know about the others and some of them were longer than 20 years so even just conservatively speaking 20 times 114 what is that 2000 some years is that right? Am I doing that right? It's 20 Uh-oh. times yeah, 100. It would be something. Right. Like that. A long time. Mm-hmm. I'm old. <laughs> so, <Or young. laughs> 
let's talk about age regression. Now, there, there are some folks um, that have come out, mostly that consider themselves to be part of some super soldier projects and other things that have talked about. They call it a 20 and back. Specifically, this is a mission to Mars and then an age regression back to the time of departure for the life on the earth. Um, now, I want you to talk about age regression as you experienced it and uh, just open up that whole conversation for us. Okay. Um, I, I, I discovered it kind of by accident. Um, I was learning about age regression and the super, you know, secret space program and super soldier and the 20 back. And I was learning about some of the various different uh, drugs that were used in it. And so I was muscle testing to see which of the following drugs had ever come into my body. And so some of them had been, and one of them has to do with, um, with the, the, the trips, like, like in space so that you don't get, you know, like seasick or whatever, space sick, you know, and, and so there were several of them I was testing and I was curious, when did they first ever come into the body? And some of them were around the age of when I received the quantum locator. So they made sense. And there was one particular, I was testing to see when it had to come in. And I think I started, I started at zero and went to the current age I was at the time and nothing happened. And then I went at my age back down to zero and nothing happened. And I was like, well, am I just really bad on that? Like what's happening? So then I said, well, I'm just going to go until I stop. So I started at zero and then I stopped at an age where I was older than where I was at at that time. And I wasn't expecting to do that. And so then I started finding out how many times had I been age regressed. And so I was getting some different numbers because I was still trying to figure all this out. Um, and it does seem like some of them were related to the super soldier program and then some were related to something different. And so what happened was I, about a year later, I revisited it. And um, so I had had a couple of appointments with you already at that point. Um, this is prior to dealing with the age regression. But then I revisited this as I was doing some other research. And then what I noticed was in the last year, it had happened five more times. And I thought, oh, shoot, this is still going on. So then I spent hours trying to figure out, and it was on a cycle. It was happening every so many weeks. And at that point, I said, Lord, you've got to show me what to do to fix this either have something open, like either you show me open time up with Dan or something like this has got to stop. And so that's when I made, uh, I was able to get the appointments and started doing some of this work on this. And, um, but it took, it took a while. And also it actually happened one day during, cause it, there was a day, I don't know if I told you this, but there was a day that was supposed to be an age regression day. And I was praying, and this was at the beginning of that series that we had done. And I was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And I thought, surely they're not going to do it today. 
And um, so I finished praying and then I tested because I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, hopefully. No, and they did. And the thing is, this is before we got to the key to fix it. Um, and nothing's happened since then. So, um, but, <laughs> but the thing is, it is so seamless. They can do it in such a way because what age regression does is they have technology to take you out of this, this, this dimension. And it's like it goes straight up to another dimension. And then so you can live like here. So say this is the timeline here. It'll take you straight up and then you can go like 20, 30, 50, 60, whatever years. And then they will age regress you back and insert you right back in. It's seamless, it's smooth, and you don't even know it. And I didn't even know what happened, and I knew that they were doing it. And so, so. They don't publish are, the kind of technology they use for this in no. like the New York Post. No. Do they? No. Yeah. Can't yeah. really. That, and that's one of the things, Rivka, that I think. You know, and I love being able to do this podcast and, and and let these things be explained because look, people are talking about this kind of phenomena all the time. They don't even know they're talking about it when they're talking about it because most of the conversation around targeted individuals and, and the kind of manipulation and technology that people get hit with is symptomatic. It's symptomatic conversation. I feel like this, this isn't working out, this is broken and it's really frustrating. That's that's like a common conversation. And, but it, it's rarer for someone to be like, well, this is the exact technology that they're using on me. And this is why it works and how it works. Unfortunately, we don't have white papers on all of this stuff. You know, it's, it's like, and for those of you that listen to her talk, like how, how could you be gone and then go 40 years and age regress back to the very moment and not know what's happening. And it's like, but if I explain to someone in 1920, that I would be able to get any data on anything going on anywhere in the world with a little black rectangle that I put in my pocket and plug into the wall it, they, that, that works with frequency. People would look at me like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, that there's no framework for that technology in their understanding. And we, friends, let me tell you, there is a lot of technology that we do not have a framework for because we're not being educated with the knowledge that it does exist. So a lot of these quantum technologies, there's no white papers for. So people that are being manipulated by them, the only thing they can do is say, well, this is the symptoms. This is what happened. I, don't, I can't explain all the science, but it doesn't make it any less true, does it? So no. <laughs> please continue. Um, with that being said, uh, I'll just segue into some of the two different types of technologies for the age regression. One that's being talked about most by people who are coming out about it, it's through drugs. And they talk about drugs and age regression back, and it's about a two-week process. Well, in the process of what, and, and that, that, that does happen. But in the process of my journey and working with the scientist parts that know, we're laughing at that because they were just like, that is so like Model T Ford. You know, it, it is so basic. They're like, 
that is, that's just soft disclosure coming out. Explain scientist parts. Well, I have parts that are trained to be scientists. They've been in labs. They know quantum computing. They know, they know the stuff and they, they know. And you know, it's interesting now that I've had a lot of this stuff cleared up when I read science or when I do it, or when I do math, I can do it now. I mean, before, like in high school, I was, I went through pre-calculus. So, I mean, I could do it, but it was hard. It was hard for me. And there was so much confusion around math. And, but there was always this thing of like, I should know how to do this. I know how to do, I know how to do science. I know how to do physics, but I could never quite be good at it. And now I'll pick up a book. I'm reading a book right now on (laughs) string theory and loving it and being very nerdy. Um, But the thing is like, now there's no confusion around it, generally speaking, you know? And so what they were doing is they were hiding they didn't want me to know that I knew this stuff because I know this stuff. And they were using my abilities in um, various laboratories and quantum work and physics and stuff. So, um, but one of my parts was just laughing at the absurdity at the like ancient way of the, what was being talked about for the drugs. And what they're actually doing is they use quantum computers to do the age regression. and. I was listening to somebody, I don't recall his name, but he's a Christian biologist or uh, ocean, no, ocean biographer, ocean person. Anyway, um, and he was talking about DNA being four dimensional. So he's talking about first dimension, second dimension, third dimension, fourth dimension. And he was talking about it being the fourth dimension is time. And that was, that clicked in with what I was getting that DNA, everything, everything, in the universe at its basic component is math everything so but the dna it's all mathematic it's all coded and at any given point in time the dna has a record a computer record you know of what's happened so all they need to do all they need to do is have a quantum computer have a complete readout of all your dna and and have the time with it, like this time with this time, may not be like January 1st, but it might be like so many hours ago, whatever, but they can code it. They, they've got the time linear um, thing. So all they have to do is program your DNA to be at such and such and such, you know, and go back to that and they can wipe all of that out. But they can also have a way of storing that data in your body to where it's not part of the line, but they can bring it back anytime, or they can just bring it back with a computer anytime, with a quantum computer. So that's some of the stuff that I had discovered. And then through through the process of, and this was in one of the sessions, because it was it had to do with time. They were con- compressing time with it. I remember that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually remember, I, I, the, as soon as you said yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember all my sessions because I've done like thousands of hours of sessions. I do remember compressing time. Yeah. They compress time with the DNA and the time loops and they can just, they can just um, delete it or kind of, or like the DNA is on a spiral. So think of like a spiral staircase and then like this whole row would be the walls. So let's say this is all January 1st on this side so there's a spiral staircase all they can do is they can 
take all of that January and they can condense it and they can either delete it or it's like on a hinge. They can like put it out and let this keep going. So all they have to do is like bring reinsert it whenever they want to or they can put it wherever they want to because sometimes they need to not go back to that, but sometimes they need to go back to the timeline or to go back to that age regression because there's something in process because keeping in mind that this isn't the same time here is another timeline or outside of the dimensions. So I could spend 50, 100 years there and here, but then go back because now it's time there, but it's not 50 years here. So however they do it, they there was things that they needed to keep doing. And so I think that there were two different. There was the, um, the military and then there was another purpose so we'll get into that when you are ready but um but there are there are different types of age regressions and different purposes for them different types of age regressions and different purposes which is what i was expecting you to explain now with that said um everyone's going to ask okay well what do they need that for why would certain people in the government or the illuminati want to be able to put a person through a mission that takes them into a different timeline, a different earth, a different realm, puts them through a period of time, or even this one, which gets even weirder, and then pull them back to present time. What, what are they doing these missions for? Well, some of them, like you'd explained, are the military um, ones. And then there are the ones that when you get into the bloodlines, it has to do with the bloodlines. And it has to do with planning for, I mean, I know that at least 1500 years that they were planning stuff for me of entry based on, on birth dates, conception dates, that kind of stuff. And even before I knew that, I knew that they were doing this because of the bloodlines. And um, well, at first I learned about the Druids before I learned about the bloodlines, but the Druids keep protect the bloodlines. So the, the family that I was raised in, there was bloodline, but there was also a huge Druid connection. So the Druids protect the bloodlines. And with dealing with the, um, so the age regression and stuff, but it's bloodline and it, they, they do things for years and years and years. And there's a lot of magic, a lot of rituals that go into it and they have people for certain jobs and that's what a lot of these age regressions are but then the, the more you have and the more that they plan you and the more that they put your genetics together the bigger the assignment for better or worse <laughs> so what were your parts telling you about your specific role Well, um, what happened was it came about because we were going on this specifically, what I wanted to deal with was the age regression. And what came out, there was some of the stuff about how it was being done. And then I'm trying to remember, um, we uncovered, there was a scientist there was a scientist part and he had a black box. 
and the black box covered every aspect of every mission, every age regression, everything, 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 and the scientists knew about it. And so we had a court session and there was a, we indicted, we brought forth, and there was a, like this dragon reptilian that showed up. And as the judgment was being pronounced, he was declaring, I want justice. And we're like, right? So we found out that he was actually a human that had been genetically altered to this so that he would be the fall guy for whatever happened for the age regression in this black box. And then we found out that the black box, that the real person behind the black box was Draco Constellation. Do you want to say anything before I go on? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> now let me just say this, folks, friends. You know, I've, I've said this many times. It's like, Dan Duvall, why are you so weird? Like, I didn't want to get weird. Y'all made me weird, you people that listen to me. This is, this, this is what happens when I say, Jesus, whatever it takes. And Jesus says, fine. <laughs> so we have to go certain places to get to the right answer. And she's saying a few things that require certain comprehension in order to uh, establish as a point. Number one, uh, Draco Constellation was behind some of these operations. What most people assume is that we have these constellations in the sky, you have these stars, right? And they just are balls of gas just burning up in our night sky. And they're there for us to look at and admire. And the fact that they exist is a praise unto God because they're part of his creation. So we, we just kind of take it at that and say, oh, yep. And all these, you know, witches who do astrology, um, that, that's, that needs to be repented of, move on. So, and, and, and that's for the spiritual guys. But what we have learned is that every realm has its own sentience. And so if it is a constellation, that constellation inclusive of the stars and the corporate uh, semblance of bodies that comprise that thing we call a constellation has a overarching sentience as self-awareness, emotional uh, and, uh, capacity. It, it has self-awareness. And so every one of these constellations can be engaged like an entity, whether it's Orion, Taurus, or Draco, or Cancer, or any of them. The, and, and we began to see, not just in Rivka's case, but in other people's case, like they would have meetings, like people would get caught up into encounters where the, um, you know, constellation is addressing them for some kind of reason. So uh, when we began to deal with the creation as realms having sentience, then we began to make sense of this phenomena and begin to get people free on this level. Hence, in my second book, Advanced Prayers that Shake Heaven and Earth, I have a prayer called Freedom from Constellations, because we're getting people free of these bad guys. Now, the, the constellations are, are, are absolutely evil by design, but they're uh, there is a huge deal of corruption that has happened in the creation and there's a lot of redemption necessary. Now, 
um, when she's describing like we're in a court, like this is a court of heaven. And so what she is describing is what's being perceived through spiritual senses in the spirit world. It's an event that is a process of justice that is playing out with some sharp lefts, right? We, we just thought, ah, evil dragon, get a judgment, get some freedom and, uh, you know, have a good day. But, you know, here we are. Okay. So now Draco, the constellation is involved in, you know, uh, uh, backstopping some of this age regression stuff dealing with your life. Where do we go from there? Well, the next thing was what was keeping him there? And it was, and so what legal rights did he have and what was it? And you asked the infamous marriage contract question. And so there was a marriage that happened. It was prearranged. Um, with him. And so dealing with that and getting that, but there was, it was, it was an empowering up of his kingdom. So I met the queen. Um, she was an aspect of me, queen of the Dracos. She was his queen. And, you know, this is kind of, well, it's, it, it's, it, it's really, it's really weird to talk about mm -hmm. not not because well i mean yeah it happened but i mean there's no way that based on the things that we were dealing with and the responses to it that it was just a figment of my imagination you know and um and the victory and stuff that has come because of dealing with this and but it is kind of strange to talk about it for one and but another thing too that makes it really hard is the fact that not knowing that I was being used to power the end times agenda. I mean, the, the, the enormity of that is just really hard to fathom and to have absolutely no understanding or no idea. And I would absolutely never want to do that. Um, but I met the queen and she was really not a nice person. <laughs> at the beginning but then she did come to accept the lord um but she had like this this um but she was powered up through magic and she had a cord kind of it was it was kind of like a tether but also like a power cord so in the process of it but she became disconnected and um but jesus jesus is the one that disconnected her he's like let so me fight this everyone that's <laughs> listening to her follows and she says the queen of the dracos this is one of her alternate personalities or parts, correct? Well, it felt like it was more like me, but not my, it, it was a different feeling than a part. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so yes, it was part of me, but I don't know if it was a part. Does that make more sense? Like but I don't know what it was. Maybe a composite containing some of your DNA. Yeah. And it was either a composite I don't, it didn't feel like a clone, okay. um, but she was real. Mm -hmm. And it was like, when I talk, when I encounter my parts, it's a part of me, but it's not like a, it's me. Okay. For her, it was like, it was me. So there's a, there's a difference of, of how 
the interaction goes. And probably the easiest way for somebody to maybe understand it is if you're watching a science fiction movie and somebody meets a part of them or meets one of who they are from an alternate reality, you know, and so they've got a different history or whatever, but they still think alike and they look similar, you know, it's just, but it's not that, but that's the closest I can explain for it. <laughs> okay. Please continue. Okay. So there was a lot that she was involved in, uh, a lot of oversight. Um, Draco is very much involved with the Druids and Atlantis. So there's that connection. And the Queen was very much involved with um, the liaison between Atlantis and Draco. And, um, and there was a whole breeding thing that was part of that. Um, and so that's, that's why it was, it was very generational. Um, and when the divorce took place, I was still, I was in prayer, but I ended up later and it was around my birthday and it was showing up. So I, I hated, I still don't like my birthday anyway, but you know, the, the dates, there's a lot that goes on it, but it was always a month ahead of time. I started like being afraid of my, and having anxiety, well, trauma around it. And, um, and so that year when I was praying, I ended up in front of them. Or I, I, I was there somehow, but then the royal like guard came to get an escort me. And they're like, you're here. You're late this year. And I'm like, what? And Jesus was with me and, 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 they're, and they were saying, well, there's no such thing as a divorce in this because of the appointed time. You haven't fulfilled the appointed time. And anyway, the, we got through the legalities of, of that because we worked on that too, because they also used a different name for me and a different name for Draco. That's not his like secret name. That's not the name he does business under or whatever. So um, sometimes they, they know how to do things. And um, so anyway, I could just go on a lot more, but is there something else that specific? Um, so why don't you talk about how this finally got addressed? The age regression or the yeah, Draco the, stuff? The, 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 the conclusion of the, the journey with the queen of the Dracos and, and, and getting some breakthrough on this type of harassment. In the process of all of this, I started to realize that the age regression was all on a grid and that that the nodes on the grid were all realms and that it looks like a spider web and you know stuff like that and you even said what does it look like and I had drawn it in my journal I'm like yeah it looks like this um, <laughs> so so it yeah, was a, continue. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make my comment afterwards <laughs> um and so, but it was right then that you said, I just developed a prayer on this. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it fresh. It was hot off the press. And we went through that prayer and that's when it ended, the age regressions. And that was, it's been a couple of years now. Um, and there's been no age regressions with that. 
My, my, my. So, um, right, here's the problem. Uh, friends, uh, she, she had this extraordinary amount of bondage associated with these age regressions. And, and, and I'll tell you, when, when, whenever quantum computers are involved, it's a mess. And this is the truth of the matter. There are targeted individuals all over this country, all over the world that are being targeted with stuff that is absolutely not okay. And uh, basic prayer strategies just don't work. I, I mean, I've tried, you know, stop in Jesus name. It doesn't stop. But when you are able to address the mechanics of the spirit world properly with the victory and name and resources of Jesus, there is massive breakthrough. And uh, once she understood the, the, the age regression grids, and, and, and you have to understand, what, what does that mean? Well, like she's saying, they're, they're, they're transporting parts and DNA into different earths, different realms. And, and there's th those actually become anchor points in a certain sense. They can always go back there. Some of those are going to past generations and future generations. It's, it's a big mess. What is that? All of these points of reference that are um, in different realms and dimensions and so forth create a web that is a grid. And so we uh, use the technology. I, Put it in my third book. It's called uh, "Freedom from Evil Grids," and you'll actually notice if you look at the table in the e "Freedom from Evil Grids" prayer, um, there are age regression grids that actually came from this special person sitting uh, right across from me in this interview, um, because that was how we solved this massive problem. And if you've been getting age regression problems, you can get that book and go through that prayer anytime. In fact, um, at Bride Ministries, we have all, we, we have it free. You could just get on the deliverance portal. We'll talk about that in the announcements and uh, book a coach and, and get some help if you need it. That, now, thank you for talking about, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the age regression stuff, Rivka? Uh, no, I think that's, that's good. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I want to talk a little bit more about your um, your targeting, right? So, tell me about some of the other things that being in that military city and being exposed. What do you think they were preparing you for besides age regression? Well, um, that's an interesting question because I haven't really figured that out yet, but they were definitely doing stuff to the entire family. And there was a time, and this was probably around the time that I got that quantum locator, because I lived out there for three years. And I remember, okay, now, I had already felt the defilement and the stuff of the sexual abuse. So there was already that level of trauma and pain with the SRA uh, at the time that I had gone out there. And, but there was a day that I was driving, I was on the bus going to school and I had one of my trapper keeper folders. If anyone knows what trapper keepers are, but I felt so <laughs> defiled. I felt like I'd lost my innocence and I literally sat behind this folder on the bus 
because I felt something so horrific had happened to me. And I, that was probably one of the first age regressions or something, or a mission that I had come back from because something so horrible. And that was already on top of the other feeling of the SRA. So there was the, and the stuff that happened out there and it just, but it's, it's one of the military bases that's considered mind control capital. Um, almost every military base has a dumb under it. But, you know, when you're dealing with dumbs, you're dealing with, and this was a place also where they were, they were flying, we could see the stealth bombers flying over when it was still, um, oh, they don't exist. Like, oh, really? What do we see up there? So it, there was just a lot of stuff. And it's also um, one of the, it's also the place in this branch of the military where they send, at the time, every person through in that branch of that military. So, you know, there was just, it was, it, it was a horrible, horrible place, a horrible experience to live there. So I, I think a lot of that just had to do with, um, you know what, but when you deal with the DNA, mm-hmm. everyone wanted a part of me, you know, because of the DNA, whether it was three letter agencies, whether it was the military, whether it was Draco, well, that he was behind a lot of that, which is actually the devil, but you know, who that's all know, <laughs> Revelation 12, that's a whole another story there. Um, but they all wanted a part of it. They all wanted in on it. Um, and plus, plus anyone who is, um, they, they know people who are psychic. The CIA has mapped everybody that is psychic. Um, and I was also, oh, I guess I do know. <laughs> I guess I do know I had, because everybody who is an intuitive empath is uses remote viewer. And so with the, the generational druidistic stuff and the psychic and just the prophetic psychic stuff that I was always, I was always aware of, you know, and, and things. And, um, not that I'm saying that psychic is right. That's just the word that they use. Um, and being, a, an intuitive empath makes me a perfect remote viewer, perfect candidate for that stuff. Wow. And um, obviously, uh, if you didn't know, remote viewing has been used by military operations for a long time now. They've been doing that since, what, the 50s, 60s. They were bringing in remote viewers to look at locations and try to map them on paper, draw stuff, you know. uh, Yeah. So, okay. Moving in a different direction. Now, um, With some of the work that we did, at least, I remember uh, running into an um, interesting group. You called them the Stickmen Council. Yes. And, and, and I want to let you talk a little bit about the Stickmen Council because, you know, that, well, it just sounds funny. I mean, I used to draw Stickmen when I was in elementary school. Like, <laughs> my art was not that good, but um, it got better. What, what, what was that? Yes, it was, this was, we were getting the runaround. Remember on this one, on this day, this was the day when 
things just kept coming up and kept coming up. And it was just the enemy was, I don't remember what you, what you called it, but it took 45 minutes and you realized, wait a minute, we're just getting the run around here. And um, so they really didn't want to get exposed. And they were around a fire. And when I say stick, they look like twigs, like sticks. So they were kind of rough, you know, like, like, but they looked like they were, I call them like sticks. And they were torturing for the sake of pure torture. It was just pure pleasure. And one of the things that they had done that I found out after that I was doing more, but I kept injuring my left foot and kept breaking it over the course of like two or three times. And, and it, so, but I'd had like four major, one, two, three, twice it broke it, but four major injuries to my left foot. Well, the Stickman Council were part of, um, it's called the Stone of Schoon, which is spelled S O S C O N E, but it looks like scone, but it's the Stone of Schoon, which is the coronation stone um, for Scotland, and also that they use that in England. And so they, 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 they use it to coronate, um, for the coronation of kings and queens. And um, it's stored in the uh, Edinburgh Castle in Scotland right now. Um, and what they had done is one of the ceremonies that they had done, and the Stickman Council were part of it. So the Druids were there and some stuff. But the Stickman Council actually nailed my foot to that stone. And so getting rid of that and dealing with that, because I actually still had a, my foot was still sore from an injury. So actually, since then, my foot has been fine. So dealing with that. So you're saying that in some cases, when people have habitual injuries to the same area of their body, it may be because an evil counsel has nailed that part of their body to something. What plane would this be on? What plane? Yeah, the, the, the stone of schoon like where, where like do you, like for the greek 3d concrete thinker that's trying to uh, not drown or stop drowning in this conversation like <laughs> how would you explain the nature of this act oh, well it could have very well been in the physical realm um if they had adopted me there there was some sort of ritual that was done either in the spirit realm or, or there. Um, now I have been to Scotland, but the injury started when I was in high school, which is before I got there. So that statement council probably was uh, years prior to that, but they do, they will hurt, they will cause you to have an injury in your body on something because they they want to layer in trauma it's all about trauma trauma bonding trauma layers and they want you to hurt in an area of your body as like a smoke screen so that you don't actually get to the root issue oh i've got a problem with my foot well no you don't have a problem with your foot you have a problem because the stickman council anchored your foot to a coronation stone where they do all these magic rituals around um 
But then again, this goes back to bloodlines. So it's the plane that it's, it, it's very much there probably there could have been a physical thing, um, but it's all very spiritual um, and very much, you know, they're doing things with um, a lot of the stuff that I've been uncovering is the Enochian magic. So they're doing a lot of different stuff with magic. Let's you want to say something that. on that? <laughs> can, can, we, can we talk about that? Yes. Let's talk about it. Okay. Enochian. Now, first of all, Rivka. I read about Enoch. He's a good guy. In the Old Testament, God took him. Um, but there is something called Enochian magic. So why don't you spend a little bit of time talking about what you know about it and then how you believe that's applied to your situation? Well, this is something that um, I just know a little bit. I want to go more into I've been looking for Enochian magic renunciation prayers and I haven't found it, which means, oh, maybe I need to do it. And I'm like, oh, can you I mean, I have done some research on this and the amount of information out there on it, it's just it's it's a, it's a lot. Um, but there was the evil Enoch, um, which was from the line of Cain. And so um, and then there's the evil book of Enoch, the third, which I haven't read. I've only read first Enoch. But um, but this stuff is so powerful that it, it was the Enochian magic that was holding open or that was empowering the Queen of the Dracos. The Enochian magic also, um, I came across that there was a forest of knot, K-N-O-T, that there was, it was just like a small little realm. And there was um, a tree and there was a, 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 a wormhole that was kept open by a green orb and there was a time loop and the Enochian magic was powering this up and the time loop was had three things that it was doing one was the um consummation of the marriage to Draco and then there were like I'd have to look at my notes I don't remember what all three of them were but it had to do with the queen but the Enochian magic was keeping that open. I also had a portal in my heart where Draco and the queen would go through to do Enochian magic rituals. And so that was closed down by the realm buster prayer. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> you asked about Enochian magic. <laughs> So, um, anyway, so it, it, <laughs> but I love that, you know, this is the funniest thing, right? Because when I talk to people that are bride, every bride driver is going to be cracking up right now because, you know, people that have been hanging out around our stuff for a little while, and it has had to like lean into our tools pretty heavily. Like they just map issue resolution to prayer name titles. They're like, knock this out with that. That got knocked out with, and it is like, sight the, it's like so funny. But anyway, okay. Yeah, but it works. Praise God. Jesus is moving. Yeah. 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 But I do more into learning about it because coming up, there's more about that. Um, and so that Enochian magic, there is really strong with what they're doing about that. Hmm. So um, 
Okay. I want to, uh, I want to, let me just kind of say, say, say something else. You know, I think that one of the things that's happening now is that God, well, God's, first of all, he, he's pulling back the curtain on the devil's nonsense, right? The devil's shenanigans, they're being exposed more and more. But one of the other things that has to happen in the process of that is that God is really revealing just how much the realms and dimensions that go beyond the 3D experience we have is relevant. That's just the case. Like, even with the objectives of the Illuminati, with the objectives of these alien groups working with the military and why they're doing the kind of programming they're doing now with the younger generations and the more recent developments they have in these realms. And where is it being resolved? I think that people really have to break with this idea that you can anchor every objective and uh, a manifestation of some kind of agenda that's purely 3D. Realms, dimensions, alternate timelines, this is a huge part of where these operations are relevant. And getting set free, especially for targeted individuals, is not something that happens because, well, I did the right diet, now I'm not eating as much dairy and <laughs> took all the gluten out and then I, and I detox with, a, you know, in a steam room, like, okay, so that may get some nanotech to sweat out of the body. Fantastic. But th the actual uh, 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 success in getting set free requires taking the victory of Jesus Christ into the realms, dimensions, and timelines that the technology is connecting into and uh, then, then looping through the body in many cases and, and um you know, some of the stuff that we're touching on today, it all becomes something that God is putting his finger on and saying, look, y'all need to go there because that's where, that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm setting people free there. And uh, to all the Christians that are upset that we're having this conversation, that's why I had put the podcast back up. We took a year off, but <laughs> oh, we're back to make you sweat some more. <laughs> now, 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 now Rivka, I, I want to talk a little bit more Um now switching the conversation to time travel because okay got a little bit of age regression in there um but then there's time travel and some people think oh well time travel is is is, is just fake it's, it's it's science fiction they made a lot of movies and wrote a lot of books about something that's completely fake you know i it just it doesn't add up in fact i've worked with a lot of people who were resolving time travel complications with. And um, I want to let you talk a little bit about time travel and, 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 and the connection to Alice in Wonderland and the white rabbit. So the, the white rabbit programming, I woke up one morning and I was in that half awake, half sleep state. And that's when I get a lot of, I get phrases or I get things to, to work on or something. And that morning it was white rabbit. And I knew that it meant white rabbit and it had to do with the, the time travel for, because the, the rabbit has his clock. And 
So I started dealing with White Rabbit programming and the Alice in Wonderland programming all at the same time. And so what I was doing at that time was the five levels of holiness prayer and a courts of heaven prayer all combined. And um, this was even before, and this was like way before your programming prayers came out. And so I, um, <laughs> so I was doing the, uh, so I was going through the prayer and as I was going through it, I had, um, I was, I, I, I was an experience where I was back in time and I was in an ancient library and it either, it was candlelit, it seemed like it was underground and there was a man sitting at the table and I knew it was an ancestor. So I knew that the time travel was connected to the generations and, and he, he was sitting there with his head down. And when he looked up, it, it freaked me out because I wasn't expecting to see the dad that raised me. Um, that was a little freaky because <laughs> it was just like, oh, I'm like, does he know that I'm seeing him here? Um, does, you know, and, and, it, and this was after a point of no contact. So, you know, it was years after not speaking with them at all. But, um, but I, I dealt with that time travel. And later when we had a session and you did the prayers for, um, pro mind control programs, you asked about the Alice in Wonderland program and all the other programs were yes, yes, yes. This one, I was like, no. But I, I didn't know why until after the session, I went, oh, because the Lord led me to do that a couple of years earlier. Um, but there is a lot with the time traveling and the age regression is also connected into the time traveling. Um, because if they can pull you out and put you back in, they can put you into you anywhere on the timeline with the age regression technology. Wow. So what has Jesus done for you? Well, you know, what, what, it's the process of being set free. It's the process of being set free of these mind control programs. It's the process of being set free of the, um, the trauma and the torment. And how I know that things are being taken care of is because of how I, of, of the effects afterwards. Um, I had mentioned a little bit earlier, huge things. The fact that not dealing with the night terrors and the night sweats and the night paralysis. Um, excuse me. It happens every once in a while, but not on a constant basis. I mean, it used to be incessant all the time. And then it got worse while I was dealing with this stuff. Um, and the, the targeting is less. Like there was a season where I couldn't drive down the road without someone almost killing me um, and certain things like that. So to have that stuff going down, to have um, actually because of the, some, some of the stuff like it's, because it, they, they put a lot of programming on the left side of the body and on the left side. So the calming down of 
the mind and the freedom and the breakthrough. Um, and can we talk about closing that portal? Sure. Okay. I mean, we might as well just go there now. Yeah, because it kind of goes in with that because of the, the, the after effect of how I know. Okay, so one of the first sessions we had, um, one of my parts came forward and, and she was there and there was a picture on the wall. And there were a bunch of rectangle picture, rectangle all the way around, and it got smaller and smaller to the middle. But I didn't know what the picture was. It didn't make sense to me. And you asked if it was a portal, and I said yes. And so the part that was there, standing next to the picture, she just disappeared. And, and I said, where'd she go? And you said, well, some people, you may not be ready to, to deal with this. And this is what I thought. I didn't tell you, but this is what I thought. This is what I said. After all the things I've read, after all the prayers that I've been doing on my own, and the fact that I'm paying for this session, I was like, no, we're dealing with this now. And so that's what went through my head. And I said, Dan, get her back. And you got her back. And um, so she came back. And it was a portal because I was being uh, pulled through that portal to be raped by reptilians. And so closing that portal down, like, I don't remember what prayer you prayed, um, but I literally felt like there were almost like tree roots being pulled out of my chest. But if you're dealing with a government and trees, that would make sense. But it was <laughs> coming out of my, <laughs> coming out of my chest and I hurt for about three to five days afterwards, and but my reality was different, and it took about three to five months to become assimilated with the change. And what what the only way I can describe it is because visually, it looked like everything around me was more solid. Because what happened would be, because there's a portal, there was a permeability. Not that it, in physical, for me touching it, felt permeable, but I didn't know visually until afterwards that it was changed. And so I don't feel like everything is that permeable around me that has closed. And so what Jesus did in that case, he closed that portal down and I could, it changed the reality around me and it's very noticeable but again like you don't know that it's different until it happens because that had been so normal for me for i don't know it could have been since birth or before that that was open and so um those are these are the things that you know he's closing this stuff down he's he's closed that portal down he's closing down the enochian magic he, Jesus is um, taking care of the covenant marriage with Draco. He is setting me free of things like the Stickman Council and redeeming from the Illuminati bloodline generational um, plans that they have to use me at the end times and to be being able to be the fifth column, as it were, to be able to start pulling this stuff down. That's what gives me purpose to live to know that I can be part of taking this down. 
and that no matter how bad it was or what I've been involved in, um, God has a plan and he can redeem and restore. And so that is what Jesus is doing through this whole process. Praise God. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Yes, he is. Wow. Well, um, you have dropped a series of bombs, Rivka, and I want to ask, is there anything else you want the listeners to know today? You know, I would like to share two Bible verses Hmm. that have been a huge source of encouragement for me. And I want to encourage our listeners who are survivors uh to to have these because when we're dealing with all this sin rebellion and iniquity it can get very discouraging and it it feels very dirty and also we know that god is a good god and he's a just god and you know sometimes it can be like how does he view me kind of a thing in this and um knowing what scripture says but actually living it out sometimes we have to get a congruency there and i came across these two verses and um I, they've really brought me a lot of comfort and they're similar, but they're very different. The first one is in Psalm chapter 33, verse 18. It is written, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. So going through the process of the healing, the deliverance, going through these prayers and repenting on behalf of the lines of the generations and all this, the eye, God's eye is on you. And he really and he loves that. And what we're doing in this process is we're having to hope in his mercy because we know he's a just God, but we're also hoping in his mercy because we're in process. We're in process because we still maybe have parts that are doing stuff that we don't want them to do. And we're still discovering that, but the Lord knows and he has mercy. And the second verse is from Psalm 147 verse 11. And it says, I usually get tearied when I say this because it's it's so, so neat. It says, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him Mm. and those who hope in his mercy. So he, he doesn't take pleasure in our pain, but he's taking pleasure in the process. He's taking pleasure because we fear him and we take pleasure because we're hoping in his mercy that he is a merciful God and that he's there with redemption He's there with healing and he he takes pleasure in being able to restore us to being able to restore the creation and the process is also part of the journey of the warfare against um that great dragon and devil and satan and he he takes pleasure in victory and so it may be difficult but um but fearing him is there's so many blessings with that, and there's blessings in His mercy. So I just want to leave leave our listeners with um, with, with with hope of who God is and His redemption and His love for us. Yes, I I wanted to piggyback on that. God does not take pleasure in our pain. In fact, I love to remind people of the fact that, you know, that God calls believers his body. And you can't hurt your body without hurting a person. That's it. Jesus owns every ounce of pain we receive because of his 
extraordinary care, compassion, and love. Rivka, your story is um, extraordinary. It's still being written, obviously. Uh, thank you for your bravery in sharing all that you have shared today. And um, for anyone that's listened to this and said, oh my gosh, I want that Jesus. You know, I'm going to uh, explain that turning to Jesus begins with a decision to believe that he is God. Now, his power is how every testimony of Rivka's breakthrough has been achieved. Uh, there, you know, I have prayers and resources that are helping targeted individuals all over the world. They're based entirely on the power of Jesus Christ. There's no other power source in there. And if you're ready to make a decision for the power source that is getting breakthrough in every kind of way you can and can't imagine, um, you need to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he was born of a virgin, he died for your sins and was raised to life. Um, and with that resurrection, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. He has the keys of hell and death. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if that makes sense to you, you can say this prayer and repeat after me and say, you know what? I believe the testimony. And Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you were born of a virgin and you died for my sins and you were raised again to life on the third day. King Jesus, I repent of my sins and I renounce Satan. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior and I receive cleansing by the blood that you shed for me. I invite you to live your life in me and through me. From now on, thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, friends, if you said that prayer, that's just the beginning. There is a whole lot that Jesus wants to do with and through you. And um, we're here to help. Rivka, we are going to say goodbye to you for now. And uh, friends, we're going to get some announcements and um, we will see you next time. So until next time, God bless and Godspeed. It's time for the announcements. Hey, friends. I got a few things for you before you get out of here. Number one, uh, if you remember... Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall is no longer a production of Bride Ministries. We decided as board that uh, this podcast would serve its purposes best as a standalone. And so there was a vote. We separated it. And now Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall is run by yours truly, along with all carrying costs, which means we have engineered a few approaches that we felt would best serve the community following us because we decided you know, we don't want to do lots of ads every 10 minutes, 
another drop buy this shampoo or buy this thing. So we just give you one sales pitch at the end of this because we are selling merchandise to help underwrite the cost of this podcast, including this shirt. Because it is a good day to give the devil a bad day. You can find it at dandeval.com along with this mug. Part for parts. Because we care. Not only that, we have another surprise for you. Because you know what I'm standing on? I'm standing on the names of God. I'm standing on the word of God. And we have names of God flip-flops along with all kinds of other stuff that has the names of God print on it, including shirts, handbags, mugs, um, and flip-flops. So check out dandevall.com where you can also become a podcast patron. Now, podcast patrons are not donors. You, you guys are not getting a tax-deductible donation from dandevall.com because this is a for-profit operation. Again, not part of the ministry. So... Uh, podcast patron entry level, $5 a month. I mean, we're not looking for like ties and offerings here. We're just saying, help us with a little bit. And you know, $5, $7, $10. I mean, if you want to give us a hundred dollars, we'll take it. But here's the deal, whatever it is, $5 or more, you're going to get all kinds of benefits, including early access to podcasts. You're going to get merchandise discounts because we have stuff, I, you, you know, this is a great place to get a gift for somebody. Remind somebody, today is a good day to give the devil a bad day. Like, put it on a shirt. We have a, 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 a little bib for the babies, and it actually says, I was not here to be uh, put here to be bullied by a defeated kingdom. How cute is that? Check it out at dandeval.com. I also want to say one last thing. If you haven't checked out our newest brainchild, which is Overcomer Accelerated, you can do that from the homepage dandeval.com or just go to overcomeraccelerated.com. It's our newest way to serve those that are on healing and deliverance journeys. You'll get uh, coaching every week along with a journey with a cohort. You'll have Bible studies, you'll have group coaching, you'll have support group. And it's all going to be, it's an all-inclusive package. So one fee per month and you get all of the above. So Check it out. We're very excited about it. We're going to run a pilot the fall of 2022 as it stands, and we'll see uh, where this thing goes. So uh, with that said, I, I don't have anything else for you. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Visit me at dandevall.com where you'll discover merch, books, and the opportunity to engage in our private social network. Join the tribe by subscribing to our email list and supporting this podcast.